0: This is the I went down to the river podcast. I'm Dan Walton, and I will sit down with fellow alums and talk about what it meant to be a part of the Hawkin football program and wear the wings. We share stories of friendship, memorable games, funny moments, and how football made us who we are. You don't need to be on a bus for these tangs. Now let's go down to the river. We are joined today by a wide receiver from the class of 1993, known for his automatic hands and his precise route running. He has a wealth of knowledge, so I'm looking forward to his stories and memories of Hawken football. Let's take this trip down to the river. Please welcome number 25 on the roster, Nolan Hecht. Nolan, how you doing?
1: Good, dad, and uh, thanks for having me. I've always loved talking Hawken football, has been uh, such a big part of my life, so um, you know, happy, happy to cover anything you want and share memories. And, uh, um, obviously it was a wonderful experience.
0: So Nolan was in my older brother's class. And so I'm pretty familiar with that group of seniors. And I know I hear all the time about how often the text chain is going and how often the back and forth shared stories, stats, ribbing, and all that good stuff is going on. So I'm really looking forward to, uh, What's going to come here for the next little bit? Hey, Nolan, I want you to uh, I want you to start off by just sharing what your first Hawkin football memory was.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, you mentioned it. I, I was the same class as your um, your oldest brother, uh, Scotty, and you know, we're Hawkin lifers. Uh, and, and we entered um, in 1980. I think your dad was uh, 31 then, uh, defensive coordinator. Um, and the next year he got promoted to head coach, I think at 32. And when, when Spicer uh, left to, you know, kind of join the business world. And the first actual Hawkin football game I went to, believe it or not, true story, 1981 Hawken US. And so let me set the stage a little bit. You know, these were good US teams, right? In 1980, they actually beat us. I think it was six, nothing. They didn't score an offensive score on us. I think it was an an interception for a touchdown, but those teams were really good. You know, Cliff Faust, you know, 250 wins or whatever he had, um, you know, in Ohio football. And, you know, they had two of the three Garrett brothers were on that team. They had John Garrett, uh, who was a wide receiver, had a cup of coffee uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals um, and is now actually, I think the head coach at Lafayette. Um, And then, Um, He was, I think, a junior on that team. And um, I think uh, Jason was um, who, you know, obviously was a quarterback NFL and NFL coach uh, was a sophomore um, on that team. So those U.S. teams, um, they they were you know, they went undefeated in 1980. Um, In 1981, the game that I'm talking about, um, the only loss they had was to Hawkins. And this was also a very exciting Hawkin team. You know, we had Peter Hinkle at quarterback, uh, of course, Eric Hamilton, uh, you know, star running back. And then, you know, probably maybe the best defensive player I've ever seen at Hawken. Um, and, and my neighbor on Hunting Hollow Drive, Lenny Slodoff, um, you know, he was, he was just a beast um, at whatever he was, 150 pounds. But that game could have gone either way. I mean, that was two high powered teams Hamilton ripped off a long score in the fourth quarter. Um, I've seen the game like 10 times on on Unreal since then. Your dad had an Unreal, if you believe. That's before VHS. Uh, U.S. fumbled late in the game. Hinkle drove us down there and hit Chris Pike in the end zone. I think 20 seconds left or 25 seconds left, and we somehow got out of there. I think slowed off in that game, had 20 tackles or something. Um, he was all over the field. The guy should be in the Hawkin Hall of Fame. When you look at it, you know, 30 years later, he still has, I think, most career points on defense, most tackles in a game. Just a beast. Anyways, that was that got me hooked, right? And so, you know, from there, from like '81 till I graduated in '93, I don't think I missed a Hawkin game. Um, and you know, those 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 guys were my heroes. You know, at recess. You know, when people we were playing football and some people were, you know, Tony Dorsett and Lawrence Taylor, not me. I was, you know, I was Ed Yoon and Jim Liss and, you know, <laughs> Noonan and the late Ben Hinkle. And, you know, the, just great players to come through, come through the program. So 81 was my first memory. Um, you know, my favorite team was certainly the 85 squad um, that went 10 and 0. I think that was the best hawking football team you know, all around that I ever seen uh, probably the best offense had Artie Haynes, a tailback who went to Purdue had Aaron Brandt, a quarterback who I think threw 20 touchdowns or 23 touchdowns that year. And probably was the best talking passer, pure pastor um, in terms of just throwing the football. Um, you know, Kevin Slush was on that offense. OJ was that wide receiver. I mean, talk about talent. And then on defense, you just, you know, you had Liss, who was just a beast. I think he had 12 sacks that year. Uh, Noonan, you know, middle linebacker. Eddie Yoon, who was probably my favorite, one of my favorite players. I think he was 125 pounds, although they, <laughs> they listed him at 140. Um, so that team was great. You know, they went 10-0. and Unfortunately, didn't qualify um, for the playoffs. But, um, you know, I remember going to a game, um, Akron-Garfield, Uh, I know it it was Warren, Warren Garfield. I don't remember who it was, but
0: Warren champion,
1: Warren champion. You're right. They were huge. And I remember standing there with my dad saying, there is no way we're going to play with this team. And then, you know, I saw early on Artie Haynes ripped off a trap for a touchdown and we were, you know, we were off to the races in that game. Um, So that was a great memory. and, And that kind of feeds into 86, right? Because, 86 Tom Bryan said enough of this where we're making the playoffs and he went out and and I remember y- your brother you know he was the one who got the schedule before the rest of us so he's like Nolan we're playing this team Wellsville right and so I go home that night and I tell my dad dad we got a game against Wellsville he's like where is Wellsville right and this is pre-internet right so there's no google maps there's no So we take out the state map of Ohio and we're (laughs) searching for Wellsville. And it turns out the thing is like an hour due south of Youngstown. So almost two hours um, from Hawken. And, you know, they're supposed to have a good football team. So, you know, I remember we go down and play them and we kind of came out flat. Uh, We didn't play, you know, kind of the best football game. And, And at halftime, I remember it was pouring rain. It starts raining. Luckily, they had a great covered snack bar. So everybody heads there, right? And, you know, towards the end of the game, we're up, you know, two scores. The game is kind of ending. And all of a sudden, Wellsville's driving. They throw an interception back in the end zone. McDuffie picks it off. And everyone's like, that's the game, right? He's going to take a knee. Hell no. He starts sprinting down the sideline. Everyone's telling him to get down. He runs it back. I think, I don't know, 107 yards, 108 yards. I think. 108. 108. Yeah, I mean, at one time, I think it was a Ohio State record. Maybe it's maybe it's held up. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, th- that those were, you know, kind of great memories. And then, you know, I looked at, you know, some of the other, you know, memories. Some of them are tough, right? The 87 team, um, you know, that was the... That was the nine and one team that had that game. And, you know, you never want to blame things on the referees and your dad has always harped on that, you know, take care of your own business. But we went and lost to WRA seven to six. And I just remember that game that every time we freaking had, um, you know, a touchdown, you know, it was like a delayed thing. They'd throw the flag. And, you know, it was just terrible. And, they, you know, they had, they had a lot of PGs, right? So they had Chip Todd, who I think played at Syracuse. And, you know, they had four or five guys that were like 27 years old, you know. <laughs> you know? And they were supposed to be high school, you know, seniors. But, uh, you know, the, one, one of the great things was we didn't play WRA, I think, for, you know, a while after that game. Because it was just, there was a rotten feeling there, even from the stupid woman ringing the cowbell, that something just was not right at that game. And, you know, we played them my senior year. I'm skipping ahead, but this is just a great, you know, payback memory. And I don't think, you know, even the U.S. game my senior year, I was so hyped up to play WRA. I just wanted to beat them, right? And I remember, like, the first time Calset scored, um, and we're playing at WRA, and, you know, I I normally ran in the end zone. I was the first guy to, you know, jump on Calset or Hardiman. I, I was nowhere near the end zone. I was turning around seeing if they threw a flag. And I came over to the sideline. I remember told your dad, I said, no flag. And then, you know, at, at the end of the game, we, we scored 42 points on them my senior year. And in the fourth quarter, pretty early in the fourth quarter, your dad, you know, started pulling the starters. I was like, oh, can't we get 50? He's like, no, no, that's not the Hawking way. And I was like, but that was, you know, that was, you know, that was one of the great memories. Um, you know, I think... If I look at the other, you know, kind of great memories that, you know, during my playing career, and I, I was blessed, I played my sophomore year and junior year were two, you know, playoff teams. Um, but my, my junior year, which would have been 91 in the football calendar, um, you know, we played a very good, I think they were ranked right one in the district, um, Akron manchester team. Uh, coached by Jim France, who I think has 400 wins or had 400 wins um, in Ohio football. Uh, and, you know, the game I remember was at Stowe, which was kind of wasn't too far from us and wasn't too far from Manchester. So it was packed. I mean, every season and it was freezing. I spent the whole game, you know, near the heaters, uh, you know, just trying to keep my hands warm. And that game could have gone either way. That was two really good defensive football teams. Um, you know, we we got we had like one sequence. I remember Calsett ripped the power counter for about 35 yards and then Hardeman followed it up with a trap down to the one yard line and Calsett, you know, dove in and we won that game, you know, six-nothing. Um, you know, of course we didn't we didn't kick extra points. Um we didn't kick extra points, I think, from you know 81 to 93. I you know, there was that that just was not in our you know, repertoire. um, And, you know, um, but so that was, you know, uh, that was one of the great memories. You know, if I have to bring up a couple other great ones, junior year and senior year, we played uh, Columbus Academy. And if you remember, obviously, we lost the state title to Academy. And um, junior year, you know, we had a good team. We had, you know, we had Tripp and Schaefer as captains and um, a lot of good players uh, on that squad. And we went down to play Columbus Academy. Um, and I remember it was a Saturday night, which was a little bit weird. That's, that's when they played their, their night games. Uh, and that was a really good Academy team, too. Mike Hockenadle was the quarterback who ended up um, starting three years of varsity baseball at Harvard. Um, and that game, I remember, was tight. Uh, we ended up winning, I think, 14 to 8 or something like that. Uh, and what was great about it is after the game, you know, we had a, we had a two hour bus ride back uh, and that was the panic in the locker room was how are we going to do, you know, down to the river for two hours. Right. And, you know, I remember the underclassman like Josh Levitt, he had to like do it for like half an hour straight. <laughs> you know, it was like it was like it was like torture. Um, so that was great. And then, you know, my senior year, we also played academy. They came to us um, and we were having a choppy senior year. They were ranked second in the state. Uh, and we finally put it together that day. Um, and, and we beat them um, and we handedly beat them. Uh, Bradley had a late, uh, late game interception and sealed the deal. And so it was great, you know, beating both RA and Columbus Academy, you know, kind of my senior year, um, you know, was, was just amazing memories. The toughest memory, and, you know, every day, Dan, I go through this game in my head, you know, and it's just painful. You know, my senior year, 92, Hawking U.S., this was probably the best U.S. team since the Garrett teams. Um, you know, the early 80s were good U.S. teams. Judd Garrett uh, was an NFL running back. Um you know, I think played in 83, 84. Those were good U.S. teams. This was the best U.S. team since then. Um, Nick Casario, who's now the GM of the Texans, was the quarterback. Ronnie Anderson, who played for the Packers and Cardinals, was their wide receiver. Seville Butler was the running back who held the 100 um, meter record at U.S. for many years, I think 10 9 um, in the 100 meter dash. Um, At linebacker, um, they had Chris Anderson, who's in the John Carroll um, Hall of Fame, and you can go on and on. And, you know, we started off the season shaky. And, you know, if you looked at the the News Herald and and PD, all eight reporters picked U.S. to beat us. And we were just determined to beat U.S. that day. And, you know, I I was proud of us because we smashed them in the face. I mean, you look at the statistics of that game. I think we had 250 yards. They had 160. Um, It was a mud fest, so that was a lot of yardage. Um, Probably my best game at Hawken. I think I had nine catches. uh, And we drove up and down the field against them three times. Three times we were within the five-yard line and did not come away with points. And they ended up beating us in overtime. Um, You know, we, again, we didn't kick back in those days, but – we shouldn't have had to kick, um, and it was just one of those painful lessons where we did everything right and just didn't convert. And you know, to this day, you know, when you talk about like the chat, you know, I have with my friends, it's it's tough to bring that one up. Um, you know, Hawking U.S. really meant something in the '80s and '90s, um, and you know, hopefully one day it will again. So you know, these things go in in in, in spurts. It's a lot like. Um, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, Um, you know, sometimes it's just, um, you know, uneven. But, you know, yeah, I mean, probably the two best games I ever seen live was the 81 Hawken US game and the 2006 Ohio State one versus two Michigan games. Those are my two favorite right there. So anyways, that's a little flavor for my memory lane.
0: So Nolan, you have two types of uh, memories there. You have your early ones when you were Yeah. A a young kid hanging around the program with these large eyes. You're looking at these players with awe. Um, You're holding them in the highest of high regards. And then you have these memories of being a player. Let's talk about the transition from the earliest to actually becoming a player. What does it mean to put the work in and to ultimately be a part of that program and have the wings on your helmet?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. And look, you know, I'm the rare case. Day one of kindergarten, you know, basically I, I wanted to be a Hawken football player. Um, and I ended up being, you know, captain of the basketball team and had a basketball career. But all I really wanted to do was play Hawken football. And even when I went to Hawken day camp, you know, my counselors were Brian Banks, who played in the um, the early 80s, the late Ben Henkel, um, who was our quarterback on the, on the 84 team. Um, and so, you know, I was working my way through middle school and the high school saying, I want to play Hawken football. The problem is I arrived, you know, at 120 pounds as a freshman and nobody knew what to do with me. Right. It was, you know, I, I was five, two as a freshman, um, at Hawkin. I, you know, I ended up being five ten, so I had a massive, massive growth spurt, but, you know, one of the beauties of the Hawkin program was, you know, nobody got cut, right? Everybody felt a part of the program. And, you know, I, I remember, you know, one of the things that kind of sticks out to me about the Hawkin football program is uh, my junior year. No, my sophomore year, we played Akron Coventry, I think. Um, yes. And we, we blew them out. I don't know. It was 40 nothing or whatever. And I ended up playing most of the fourth quarter. Um, in this Friday night game at Coventry. And then the amazing thing is the next morning we had a JV game. It started at 10 a.m., which means you had to arrive around whatever, eight o'clock. So, you know, we, we get there. You know, some of us had played the night before. But what was amazing to me is, you know, we came out for our JV game and on the sidelines, you know, you had you had Mike Carrick, you had Moskowitz, you had Twyman. All the upperclassmen got their ass out of bed to come see the JV guys who had supported them the night before. So that just tells you a little bit about the program. And, you know, there was the usual hazing and the usual, um, you, know, you know, the underclassmen doing kind of the dirty work. But there was certainly appreciation of, you know, we're going to pass this program down to the generation's um, and, and, the, and the grades below us. And so, you know, I was a slow climber in terms of Hawkin football, in terms of, you know, playing time. And, you know, I played behind, first of all, two great players, you know, Tony Twyman, um, probably the, maybe the best pure wide receiver in, in terms of route running, hands, combination speed that Hawkin has had. Um, and then after that, Kirk Framke, who, you know, ended up being a really good player, and you know it's like a professional triathlete so it wasn't like i was you know but but you know i didn't quit on the program i stayed with it um you know i played jv through my junior year and it wasn't really till my senior year that i got to you know play and you know i think a lot of kids want these days day one they want to play right but you know it's a lot about learning your craft buying your time um, you know, I was slow, right? You know, I just wasn't blessed with natural speed. So, you know, I had to overcome it by, you know, I, I watched Twyman every day in practice. What was he doing? How was he getting separation? And so, you know, for me, you know, my goal was to start at wide receiver my senior year. And, you know, I put a lot of work in between that junior and senior year. I always had hands. I mean, the hands, you know, I was blessed with hands. I I could catch anything, you know, in my direction, but I had to get stronger and I had to put in real time, um, you know, doing sprints uh, before camp. I was a counselor at the day camp after camp, we would come work out. um, And for me, it always a goal to get playing time uh, that senior year. And, you know, I was blessed that you know, the kind of the opportunity, when the opportunity emerged, I was ready.
0: We we had a three-year string at the beginning of the 90s. Kirk Framke, yourself in the middle, and Brenton Lincoln just after. Three wide receivers who waited their time, had a um, couple of growing years on the JV squad and learning under receivers that know how to handle their business, know how to lead drills, know how to be excellent examples in all that they do. And I think, Frankie, passing it to you and you passing it to Lincoln, and then I was a sophomore, Brenton's senior year, and seeing that as well, I think the three of you just did a tremendous job of passing along those attributes of hard work, um, persistence, because it was not, like you said, easy from the get-go. And so I would ask, like, what was the hardest thing for you about playing football? Was it the physical component of it? Was it the mental aspect of it? Was the patience aspect? What was it that was most challenging for you about your you know, career?
1: It, it was really strength, um, you know, in terms of just physical strength. And, and you know, again, you know, my body grew so much in such a short period of time that, you know, I mean, I probably played my senior year at 140, you know, maybe, uh, which you know, is five to 140 pounds. And, and so the strength part of, of it just came late to me. Um, I was just a late grower. Mentally, I always, you know thought I was there. You know, patience for me was easy because, you know, I always wanted to be part of this program, you know, And you know, whether I was playing or on the sidelines, you know, it was exciting for me. Um, it was exciting for me to see, you know, our 150 pound linemen, you know, taking angles and, you know, beating 250 pound linemen. Right. And so, you know, I, I just remember the games, you know, growing up, you know, we played Grand Valley and, you know, they had some 250 you know pound linemen that, you know, was going to Ohio state and, you know, um, yeah. I mean, I remember, uh, what was the guy bait? Um, uh, was it t trent Bates or teague Bates? yes he, he, he had him alive um yep. you know just beat him to the gap um and so you know there's a lot of stories like that i mean i don't know how big jim list was he was probably 160
0: B- pounds bigger in your mind of what you thought he was but big. no not
1: yeah and these guys were tiny slowed off was tiny ed yoon was minuscule and so You know, and even Marcus, Marcus Teague's my favorite player. That's my favorite player ever to come through Hawking. And, you know, I, I, James Harden and I have an argument about Marcus Teague all the time. Marcus Teague's a Hall of Famer. Okay. In my mind. Yeah. Keep talking
0: about him. Keep talking about Marcus. Let me tell you about Marcus Teague. Marcus
1: Marcus Teague. The eye test. He's not going to have any stats. He doesn't show up in any, any stats. You put in every Hawking U.S. game he played in, he had a key interception he had a key jab sweep. He was just money. I'm telling you, he was. You know, when I talk about the top five players I saw at Hawken, you know, certainly Hamilton, certainly McDuffie. Those are easy. Um, you know, Calcette, um, You know, was a beast on offense and defense. Artie Haynes, um, unbelievable player at tailback, defensive end. Those kind of four you know, to me are, you know, special. And then I start getting into Marcus Teague is not far behind. Uh, And I really believe that just the eye test, not, uh, and then, you know, you saw what he did at Denison. Um, But, you know, I I was watching on YouTube. There's um, I think the U S game his junior year Um, there. Somebody has it up and, and there's highlights and the guys, he's all over the field. And the problem is, you know, I mean, him and OJ, you know, they weren't playing the fourth quarter, um, never. And so even when you look at like the, you know, the stats, the things get lost in stats, but um, you know, I, he, he was, he was special. Um, a lot of, you know, that the mid 80s squads were special. There's no, um, you know, and I, and I was fortunate to play on two playoff teams that, you know, did very well. Um, and certainly the 93 team after me um, had a hell of a run um but those 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 teams were special
0: yeah you talk about marcus and i just think about either him on defense covering wide receivers or him on uh, offense running sweeps and other things so smooth and so effortless in everything he did
1: wow silky smooth with a towel that said ice on it ice i mean
0: when you're when you're when your nickname's ice
1: yeah. Yeah. I know. I, there was no way I was taking Jersey number 24. That's for certain. That
0: <laughs> leave, is, it for Bi- leave it for Billy man.
1: Yeah. Billy man. And uh, <laughs> Chris Lacey had it, I think, uh, who was another job. unbelievably gifted player. Um, so my favorite, my favorite uh, <laughs> story about Lacey, we show up, uh, we're playing Warren JFK uh, sophomore year in the state playoffs. Um, <laughs> and we show up for the game and he doesn't have thigh pads. Uh, He just left them. Right. So, so poor Chris McCann uh, had had to lend his thigh pads um, for the game. So um, anyways.
0: All right. So before I get to my next question, I got to from one field goal extra point holder to another. I got to ask you, I know we didn't kick a lot when you were a senior holder and we didn't kick a lot my junior year when I was holding. But what's the best part about it? Cause I, I love it. That's my favorite. That was my favorite position of all the special teams. So y-
1: your dad was trying to find a role for me because, <laughs> you know, you know I, I was I was like one of these guys that didn't have an attitude was a, was relatively hard worker and I had good hands. So, you know, we practice the special teams. So let me tell you, this is a personal story. My junior year, we're playing Warrensville and and, and they have a their field wasn't great. Right. You know, it was half grass, half mud. And all of a sudden, your dad calls for the extra point. And, and literally, I think everyone was stunned. I didn't have your, your brother, Jeff, had to get me the, you know, the black, um The block. Uh, the block, right? Because I, you know, I was on the sidelines not with the block, right? So, you know, this story, finally, I'll admit it because, you know, my friend Bobby Mallett was the snapper. And so, you know, I, I was going to go to the grave with this, but <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, so he snaps me the ball and it was a perfect snap. I just I just dropped the damn thing. Right. And so I pick it up and I yell fire and I'm a lefty. I roll to the right. So against my body, um, against Warrensville, Causet is the the right end on the um, on the kick. He goes and runs his little you know, flag route. The defender comes to get me. And I throw a pass. I mean, it was a perfect spiral. I have it on video. I'll put it up. (laughs) The cow set in the end zone for a two point conversion. So I I head over to the sidelines and I'm like, oh, my one job was to catch the ball. Coach is just going to chew me out. Right. And I get over the sidelines and he looks at me and goes, hmm, (laughs) look like a young Ken Stabler out there. And that was just like, and so I am actually one for one in passing, uh, efficiency. I may be the record holder. Somebody look that up.
0: So when you said that you were going to come clean, I thought you were going to say it was a premeditated fire. I didn't know you were (laughs) going to,
1: I'm not, I'm not that good.
0: Oh, I I loved it. And I know I probably repped it a heck of a lot more during the week, during uh, practice and pregame and all that. But yeah, I really enjoyed that.
1: It was fun. Look, I had some fun memories. I remember my first touchdown. Everyone remembers their first, you know, high school touchdown.
0: Is this John Hay?
1: John Hay. Okay. So John Hay, I run a slant and break one for about 25 yards in the end zone. And I get into the end zone and I take a knee right? And nobody says anything to me. We get to film, um, I I think on Monday or Sunday. I can't remember. Monday. Monday. And your dad sees me taking a knee in front of the whole team. He's like, he's like, heck, what are you doing taking a knee? I thought you were Jewish. And I said, I said, coach, I wear 25 because that's Carlos Snow's number. And when he scores at Ohio State, he takes a knee. And so he just looked at me like, what? But, you know, most people think I wore 25 because of uh, Rocket Ismail, who was also, you know, at Notre Dame at that time. But actually, you know, uh, one of my heroes growing up was Carlos Snow, who was a legendary Ohio running back at Cincinnati Cape. Cape wore 25. So
0: that's awesome. Yeah. Nolan, what is your favorite tradition from your days?
1: Oh, I mean, there's so many, you know, whether it's it's the fudge. I used to love claiming the field. I don't know if you still do that now that the turf um, is in it. But, you, you know, my favorite actual tradition, and I don't know if you do this anymore because of, um, you know, you have a lot of Friday night games, but we used to have breakfast as a team before every game. And one of the seniors' uh, families would host it. And, you know, I just love that, you know, we would all go over to whatever seniors house was, have breakfast uh, as a team. And, you know, you kind of rank like whose family had the best breakfast, you know, like Schaefer's family had good waffles. The Osborne's had good pancakes, you know, you know, who had the good bacon. And it was just it was one of those good, you know, um, you know, family you know, uh, team bonding experiences. And I remember, um, your brother, like he would only ride from breakfast back in my car because he knew like people would, I mean, this was a bad thing. People were like racing down the road to get to the field house. And it was like, that was one of the bad things about the, the team breakfast, Yeah. but, um, that was a great memory. And then we used to have as a class, like as your grade, we used to go. For team dinner the night before, yeah, uh, my grade spot was Spaghetti Company. Um, I guess on Wilson Mills or you know in, in Mayfeld Mayfield Heights, um, and that was great. Like everyone was very particular. Like Matt Crude would only get the the ravioli with meat sauce. Like every week for you know eight to ten weeks. But you know it, it was those. It was the, the some of the off the field stuff. You know was very special about the the football program you know, not just the, um, you know, the stuff we kind of did, you know, on the field. Um, and then I was fortunate. I, I got to go on a lot of the scouting trips, um, you know, with your dad and and Coach Moses and Scotty. And, and those were some, you know, those were some fun, some fun times also. So,
0: yeah, for sure. The Saturday, the Saturday afternoon game was great because like you said, the night before was sort of the spending time with your classmates yeah and then waking up the following morning was the time that you spent as the whole team at that breakfast and then you showed up do you remember uh you remember any pre-game uh superstitions or uh, traditions that you sort of rituals that you went through on game day like me personally yeah did you have any
1: oh yeah sure i mean i i was you know I I, I was, I was very particular um, just in the order of things. Yes. Like I, I, you know, I would put my eye black on before Steve would tape my, you know, (laughs) feet. Like, you know, I I had, everything was like precision, um, you know, but um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm trying to think what else, you know, tradition wise and, and uh, but yeah, no, I was, I was a creature of habit. I always, before I went on the field, I would always catch the last pass on the sideline from your brother. It was kind of like, okay, let's go do this now. And so, you know, that was always, um, uh, and then as, as a junior, um, I used to catch, you know, there was two of us on each side and I, I would catch, um, your brother would throw to me, I would hand a trip and then he would throw it back. I think, to you know, Malcolm Pye or Framke, you know, somebody on the other side. So, um, Kind of like a you know a routine
0: sure so when we claimed the field what was your uh what was your location what was your walk off did you have a special uh-
1: i was always on the le- left side um and that was just you know we were facing this way i was always on the left side um so that was kind of and um another tradition is i i always rode the cal was my bus partner so um i always sat next to him on the bus um I remember, is uh, for our first away game. Uh, he was a sophomore. And we played Medina Highland. Is that a school? I don't
0: oh yeah, yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and I remember, uh, I remember asking Cow if he was nervous.
0: He had a great game.
1: <laughs> and he looked at me. He said, "Nervous? Because I'm nervous. I'm nervous about where I'm, where my family's getting my next, you know, meal. I'm not nervous about you know this game." And and that was. You know, that was one of the great things, too, about, you know, um, Hawkin football is, I you know, I look at my friend group and, you know, we're all still friends today. And there's a lot of diversity in that group. The, the, the crew I played with, um, you know, special, you know, people from all walks of life. Right. Um, you know, I mean, Cal Set, when I first met him, he was really raw, you know, not, just not as an athlete, just as, you know, as a student and, um, and, and what he and, you know, in, in two, three years, you know, to see the change. Unbelievable. Right. And so um, it was a special time as a special group. Uh, my collection, you know, I don't know if, if all the classes are this strong, but, you know, not a day goes by um, that we're not, you know, I I've probably gotten three chats about J.J. Watt signing, you know, with the Cardinals since I've been on this, you know, on this um, podcast. So it's, 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 it's a special experience. And, you know, um, Hawken football is very unique in that in that regard.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, was that Cowsett's first start at tailback?
1: I think so. So I we,
0: so. so here's a little backstory on that game. So we're, we schedule Medina Highland, who's not as big as they are currently, but is a yep. bigger school than us. And there is not nearly as much information out there at that time in the oh, early yeah. 90s. So we hear that they have like a couple of all district linebackers that are coming back. And I remember Gary and my dad like, trying to you know really get that point across to the team like hey we better we better be ready for them and we showed up and it was so clear how much more skilled we were at every position extended from the line and up front we were way more physical and our schemes were better and Cowsett was just running away from their defense the whole game. We had a we had like a lightning delay that unfortunately slowed the game down. And then we came back out and it was like the exact same thing. We picked up right where we left off. Cowsett had a huge game. I think we had like we had huge carries in the fourth quarter for like Jimerson and Blayhut. Hut and I mean they were just <laughs> Everything was clicking that, that night. It was pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. I think we only played them once, you know, one of the schools that was great to play was Buckeye. Remember Buckeye? Oh uh, yeah. We had some good games against Buckeye. Um,
0: we had two low. battles with them. Yeah. One down at their place and then one up at uh, That was at the ours. game. Uh,
1: one of the games where was a battle. Coach Moses got so upset. He threw the chalkboard. That was the chalkboard game, right? We ended up winning that game. Um, <laughs> I, we lost to them maybe my freshman year. Um so those were good battles. The, the team that we should have beaten probably twice that we didn't beat, but they were both very close games. And and it's Cortland Lakeview. I mean, and that, that you know, that, that was a tough one. Um, we certainly should have beaten them my senior year down in Cortland Lakeview. That was a tough place to play. Um, you know, descended field with very vertical stands. Everybody in the town was there, uh, but we should have beaten them. Um, you know, my senior year, I... My senior year was the best six and four team I've ever seen. Uh, It was, you know, um, and you look at our every game was tight and we didn't give up that many points. I mean, you know, the 87 Hawkin team, I think, only gave up 79 or 80 points in the regular season. Um, But we didn't give up many either. Um, And it was, you know, we every game was the wire. Independence, Cortland Lakeview, Gilmore. U.S. only scored seven on us. Um, I mean, nobody really, we beat a very good Berkshire team to end up end of the season. But, you know, that team, you know, we could have been nine and one and nobody would have wanted to play us in the playoffs. And so that, that's a frustrating, it was kind of a frustrating end to my career um, from just, uh, we left stuff on the table there.
0: Yeah, we'll get to we'll get to a couple more specifics about some of the uh weeks one through ten games here in a moment. So you're mentioning your favorite traditions. I'm not gonna I'm I'm not gonna necessarily put it into tradition category, but you definitely were the start of something. And that was uh you and your parents' decision to create the post-game uh away game pop and two donuts. What's that? You don't remember
1: this? No, no, what's this?
0: <laughs> Dude. For for the longest time, there was nothing at an away game to eat or drink on the way home, and oh, your okay, and yeah. your dad started up the brown bag with two donuts in it and a pop. You'd get, you'd walk onto the bus, you'd grab your drink, you'd grab your donut, and you'd find your seat.
1: Yeah, that, I that, love that it. Does, that sounds like something my dad would do, and he would probably put some Gator gum. Remember, Gatorade had gum? Gator gum. that stuff, too. Yeah, oh yourself, yeah. He always wanted you to hydrate with that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just funny to, to think about early 90s. You're, you're throwing like a carbonated beverage and two sugar donuts in your body after a game going hard for three hours. And now we are so far removed from that. So far.
1: Look, my dad was my dad was a, probably a bigger Hawken fan than I was, you know, in, in the early days. And, um, you know, he didn't miss a game also. You know, it was you know, there was no question what we were doing growing up. Um, in the 80s on a Friday or Saturday, we were going to the Hawking game. Um, and, you know, I loved it as a kid. We used to have um, and you were young then, but we used to have halftime full on football games. If you remember, I mean, um, you know, your brother was there. Trip was at every game. Uh, Maurice Gray's um, was his brother. or Yeah, you know, he had a younger um, I think it was a brother uh, or stepbrother. Um, he was there. Uh, I mean, there was um, uh, Gresham was there when his brother, uh, you know, Dan came through the program. And so, you know, we would have, you know, six on six games, um, you know, on on whatever the, you know, the practice field or, or whatnot. So that was, that was fun.
0: So you've talked a little bit about some of the highlights uh, from your junior campaign, the 91 season. Um, Let's just take a minute and talk about sort of how that season winds down. So we can go um, 10, 11, 12, or we can just go 11, 12 with that either way. Um, Do you want to talk just playoffs or do you want to talk about leading into the playoffs in that?
1: My junior year?
0: Yeah, the one with the uh, finishing up with Manchester and JFK.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, look, that was, uh, again, that was a very good team. We, we lost, um, we lost one game that year. I think early in the season, we lost to Cortland Lakeview. Uh, but that was Tripp's uh, senior year. Um, a lot of good players on that team, guys like Brian Payne. Uh, we had Jacques, um, you know, at tight end. And then we had my class, um, you know, we were, um, you know, we were juniors then. Um, this was trip senior year. And, you know, we had a lot of contributors on that team, whether it was, you know, Krug and Izanek on the line, or you had obviously Cal set and Bradley. Um, you had, you had um, uh, Marcus, uh, um, you had uh, Pye, Malcolm pie, yeah, Malcolm pie. Um, you know, he was super quick. You had Framke, not a lot of holes on that team and a very good defense and, you you know, you saw it, you know, we blew out U.S. that year. I think it was like 30 to 6. Um, it was a very, it was, it was probably the best game we played. Like everything, everything except the first play of the game. That week, your dad came up with a new play to start the first play of the game. And we practiced it all week. It was a quarterback sweep left with trip. All week in practice, we were getting 20 yards on it. You know, trip looked like, you know... John Elway out there, right? We call it first play of the U.S. game junior year. We get stuffed. I'm like, oh, long day. This is gonna be a long day. And then all of a sudden, we just went vertical. Had had a you know, and that, again, that was a good U.S. team. Uh, a lot of really good players, and and we took them apart. And then to beat that Manchester team, um, you yeah, know, that was that was um, that was a hell of a win. Um, you know, the, the playoffs. After Manchester, I think we played Warren JFK at Field High School. Um, second,
0: yeah, second year in a row.
1: Second year in a row. And look, that JFK team uh, was loaded. It had Tom Pellucci was the tailback, who was one of the fastest kids I've ever seen uh, in high school football. Ended up being a three-year letterman for Jim Tressel at Youngstown State, a defensive back and a captain. Um, hell of a player. Uh, they had uh, Tim Ryan was the Ryan
0: quarterback. Ryan was, was the quarterback your sophomore year, and then Tim the, wasn't there my junior year. Your junior yeah. year was a kid named uh, yeah. Antonelli. I think it was Antonelli. Antonelli, or Antonelli yeah. that's yeah. right.
1: Um, and look, they, they were just that, those were good teams, uh, and we kind of you know we, we got we got steamrolled in that one, um, and you know that was a game where speed we just couldn't stay with Pellucci. He was. He was fast. They had good lines. They were well-coached. Um, and, you know, they they played big-time football down there. Um, you know, every game was – they played Campbell Memorial. They were playing – I was
0: know, just going to ask you if you have a recollection of scouting a JFK Campbell Memorial I game and if that lot. is in your top three or five.
1: That, that was that was crazy. We, we went down there – that was my sophomore year. We went down to Campbell Correct, Yeah. The game was at Campbell Memorial. We, we took one of those Hawkin vans down there. Um, you know, those, those blue vans. <laughs> it was me. Moses was there. Your dad, Scotty. I don't know if you were. You might have been too young to be on that one. But I didn't make it. You didn't make that. But we got down there and it was like it was around Halloween. And the weird thing is like half the town was like in costume. And we got out of here, and we were kind of like nervous. We kind of looked, we we stood out, you know, like we tried to blend in, like you know, we weren't scouting, but you know, we had clipboards and you know, um, and and honestly, we were kind of scouting both teams. Um, you know, both of those teams were really good. We we I think we thought we were going to play uh, Warren JFK, and we were kind of getting the the head look on them, um, but that game was a battle and, and, and Memorial stayed with JFK. Um, But, you know, I'm not sure I've seen a running back and, you know, we saw Seville Butler who was pure speed at U S but Pellucci had speed and moves. And, and he was, uh, uh, if you ask, you know, um, you know, Billy or Hardiman and, you know, those guys were track guys and they're like, yeah, they'll tell you Pellucci was really fast. And so, yeah, I, I didn't feel I didn't feel bad about that one. That was like, you know, some of these games you're like, gosh, we should have won or we could have done this. They, they were a better team that day. And then yeah, for that, sure, you know, that's that's that doesn't stick in my stomach.
0: Yeah. So the 90-91 back-to-back uh, JFK yeah. postseason games and then we had the 2000-2001 back-to-back Chanel games were kind of yeah. almost like mirror images because I think the 90 uh, JFK team and the 2000 Chanel teams were the two better teams. Yeah, but they were runner-ups. Yeah. And then the second year we played them, they actually both ran the table and won it all. Um, but just, just an embarrassment of riches all around for those uh, JFK teams that we played. Yeah. Those 2 Back to back. Look, I,
1: I still don't know who would have beaten the '85 Hawking team, and maybe, and maybe I'm crazy, but that team was 10 and 0. They won some tough games. I just don't see anyone beating them. They they were so good on offense and defense.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're uh, if you're gearing up to try to stop Artie in the running game, then where Aaron's going to go vertical and just destroy you with OJ out wide. Yeah, or Slash and no, yeah, yeah,
1: Kevin Slash he, he yeah. had a year that year. He did. Um, and and I think it was some of the better line that we had too in terms yeah. of interior play. Um. So yeah. yeah.
0: So so that's the finish to that junior campaign. So senior year's getting up and running, and you guys have quite a bit of talent coming back. And yeah. there's gotta be that feeling of this is about to be three postseasons in a row. Absolutely. Um, you guys are putting in the work and you're getting ready. And week one, um, a Trinity opponent that we get the W against, and I think it's kind of like All right. That's one of many this year. Yeah. And then we have this just string of weeks, two, three, four, where we outgain the opponent, but we can't put the ball in the end zone and we get some untimely injuries. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, look, you know, the, the Trinity game, I think we won 20 to nothing or, you know, it wasn't much of a game candidly. And then we go down and play Cortland Lakeview. um, again, well coached, tough place to win. You know, we didn't get it done on the road. I thought we outplayed them. Um, but you don't feel awful. And and the team before us, you know, had lost the Lakeview also and still made the playoffs. So we had plenty of, you know, kind of opportunities, you know, left, you know, for the season.
0: And if you remember that game, um, it comes down to almost this onside kick where Sheehan comes out of it with with the ball from the pile yeah. and yet they award it to them. And I think they yeah. go down and kick the winning field goal in like the final 90 seconds or something.
1: Yeah, that, that was a tough one. And then I think game three was independence maybe. And, and that was honestly, that was the best independence team in a long time. I think they had did they have D, G, D Geronimo or something? Well, I don't,
0: sure as your, as your classmate, James Hardiman would say, Mr. Ted Otero.
1: Otero. Yeah. I mean, they had some, you know, they had some men on that team. That being said, we were flat that day. I mean, that was, that was probably the worst I've seen us play. We didn't move the ball on offense. We were sloppy on defense. We had penalties. Um, that was a poor Hawken performance. And I, again, it was one of these things. I, I not sure what to chalk it up to. We did the work. Um, we had great leadership from our captains and, you know, our captains, they, they, they were big leaders on the, you know, on the T on the playoff teams, right? So it wasn't like, you know, we had Cowset. Um, you know, Krug and Mallet both got injured. Um, so you know, you took you took the the Phillips kids off our our roster. But you know, those were two <laughs> two real good com- contributors. You know, Krug started kind of both ways, uh, as did Mallet. And so, you know, that certainly hurt. Um but then the game that kills me was it Game four was Gilmore? Uh, Correct. So Gilmore we dominated, okay Up and down the field. Uh, I had a pretty big game. We were throwing it all around. Um, they broke two big plays. J.R. Papish, um, who you know was one of the best players to come through the Gilmore program and really fast. He broke one long run, but we had a, we, we fumbled a jab sweep going into the end zone. Um, we we were sloppy, but another game, if you watch the game, you're like, how did you lose that game? And it, and it was just that feeling.
0: So Papish scored on two long runs totaling 125 yards on those two carries. And for the game, they had just over 200.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, we, we stopped them. We moved up and down the field. Um, we did turn over the ball, I think twice in that game, um, at, at costly times. Um, and you know, in, in, high school football, that's the difference sometimes. Right. Um, so that was, you know, we start off the season and, you know, we're one in what were we were one in three. Yeah. And so, you know, we could have folded the tent, right. Um,
0: and game, who
1: do we play after that? John Hay. Yeah. John Hay was a break. Uh,
0: thank goodness. They, they a get, showed up. a at, get right game.
1: That was a get right game. I mean, they showed up at our field and I've never heard so much smack talk. I was like, what is going on here? You know, and, and we didn't really know much about them. They were, you know, Senate league or, you know, um, uh, but they were not very good, um, candidly, um, uh, and, and we took them apart. Um, you know, that was my kneel in the end zone touchdown game.
0: Yeah. Four <laughs> catches, 82 yards and, uh, the yeah. first touchdown there for you. I'm glad yeah. you said without me having to ask what route it was that you scored on because I love hearing what everyone's first touchdown was. Whether it, like what's the running play or what was the route you ran?
1: Yeah, I mean my favorite route, which you know was an unstoppable route, was the bench route. I don't know if you still have that,
0: but love it, it. love it. it. We we call it a comeback now, but yeah, comeback, yeah. Love, I mean, it was basically, love the a bench. break
1: into a break off, and your brother and I, you know, we have been doing that since you know kindergarten recess, and and that the, the timing—that's a timing route. Because yeah. he's got to throw it before you break,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: you know that was that was you know uh, that that was unstoppable. And then after hey, who did we have after hey?
0: I don't uh, know the order. After hey, we went over to uh, Warrensville.
1: Oh yeah, Warrensville. That was the Calset monster game. I think Calset had. 250 yards um I threw a couple good you know stock stock blocks downfield that you know had Moses happy but um (laughs) I mean set was a beast in that game
0: that was the game at the time that was our rushing record our individual Uh, game record he broke yeah
1: yeah so I mean he was he was just unstoppable that game um and you know in, in my years we took care of Warrensville pretty much you know um, every time we, every time we played them, so Ner-
0: nervous going in. Cause they definitely had some, uh, they definitely had some talent.
1: They had talent and speed. And, and we just, we ran at we, we were angry. You know, the, my, my senior year we were angry. Cause we, we tossed away three games at the beginning of the season that we really shouldn't have lost. So, you know, that was, um, we started to get our mojo back. And then after Warrensville, we had,
0: that's when we went down to Hudson
1: that's when we went to Hudson, and, and I had WRA, you, yeah. that was that was a week of practice uh, because your dad didn't want to say it, but it was in his voice that we were not coming away from Hudson without, you know, without a win. And I remember, you know, you know, on the sideline before the game, and that woman was starting with that cowbell, and she had been there for you know twenty years, you know, you ringing that cowbell, and. Boy, we were we came out of that game, you know. We were ready to play and we put up 42 I think on them and you know, had had we not called off the dogs, we would have scored 60 maybe. We were upset.
0: So that was your um, lone career game over 100 yards receiving. Yeah. You had and then, f- and only five catches for that one. Yeah. yeah, five five catches for 102. Um a game that we were I think a little worried about because they had a couple PGs that they brought in that I don't even think were suited up for week 1 um that were pretty talented but they just they never had any chance to sort of get things going i was talking to hardeman and defensively we did a number on them i remember mm-hmm. bradley and hardeman i remember a lot of guys just being so aggressive and just laying the wood to their ball carrier every time they touched the ball and kind of broke the will early on of their offense
1: there was a lot of talk about the 80-17 that week um, and we, we are, we you know, we were going back down to Hudson and we were not going to be denied, um, you know, a little bit like, you know, my sophomore, my junior year, when we went to play Academy, um, you know, we really wanted to come out with a win. And so we, we were, we were laser focused going into that game. Um, and, and we finished. And so, you know, um, that was a decent WRA team that we just absolutely dismantled.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's funny that you said it because um, James said virtually the exact same thing that he felt bad for Columbus Academy the year prior because they had no idea how motivated our team was because so many of those contributing players in the upper class, um, the upper classes were there for the 87 loss and felt just so stung by that, that there was a motivation years later that you wouldn't even account for otherwise.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. So week eight is the U.S. game that you touch yeah. base on a little bit. Um, we don't have to get into it too much, but my I just you talk about electric environments. I mean, maybe yeah. one of the biggest, uh, like standing room only crowds for a matchup against them. I remember the stands being packed. Uh, there was really no sort of policing of overflow. So we had students on the track right behind the bench. Uh, Burns and Hans were celebrating on film every, every play of significance. And when you think of that game, there are so many huge plays that stick out, but the one uh, that I definitely want to draw a little attention to is that streak that my brother completes to just an absolute diving laid out I liken it to Desmond Howard against Notre Dame and on fourth down, where you're just laying out and just cleanly bring it in. And I, th- I think everyone that was at the field that day was like, okay, now we're going to go down and score.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, we we that was an interesting game because U.S. was heavily favored, right? They had blown out Gilmore, who we lost to. Um, and, and that U.S. team was headed for the playoffs. I mean, that was a good – you know, you had – you had two guys on that team, three guys on that team that are in their college hall of fames, right? Between Ronnie Anderson and Allegheny and the two John Carroll boys, right? Yeah. Chris
0: Anderson might be one of the best linebackers we've ever gone against.
1: Absolutely. And Ronnie Anderson was, you know, he was silly. Good. Um, I think he averaged over 20 y- yards of catch that year and led the area and don't forget you had Jarrett Vicious um, in the area that year too. So, um, so, but the, but the thing is US was motivated too because we had beaten them 30 to six the year before or whatever that game was, right? And this was their year and they had beaten us soundly, you know, in seventh and eighth grade football with that class, right? And so nobody gave us a chance and we really hit them in the mouth. I mean, we moved that ball up and down the field, you know, 250 yards or whatever we had, doesn't sound like a lot, but when, when I'm telling you, the field was so muddy, you couldn't really run the ball. It was actually easier to pass the ball. Um, I think we
0: held them to 160
1: yards that day. So you'll, you'll have to look that up. But
0: 149.
1: We held them to. Yeah. I mean, we 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 absolutely won both lines of scrimmage and we won out wide. Um, they had Joe Jarrett. Uh, Joe Gervaisi was trying to guard me, who was ended up being a very good baseball Gervaisi. player. Gervaisi.
0: Was it Gervaisi? Gervaisi yeah. yeah.
1: But he couldn't guard me that day. I was unbelievably motivated. And, you know, the, the play you're talking about, it was a Yeah, walk us fight.
0: through that a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was, it was you know, it was a streak. Um, and, you know, they were playing me about eight yards off the ball. I just got a clean break, ran the perfect route. Your brother laid it out for me. And, you know, I'm not the fastest guy. You know, most guys would, Twyman would have caught it and run into the end zone, right? I actually had a dive. Um, again, I had very good hands. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not, I was blessed with that. Um, laid out, you know, full, full, full body laid out. I think I caught it at maybe the 20 or I don't know. We were, we were heading, um, heading that way and, the crowd was going wild. I mean, people were jumping. And and again, people were right on the sidelines. I, you know, the days of like, you know, five yards back.
0: Oh, Burns and Hans were running up to, yeah. uh, I thought so, they were going to take the field and congratulate you. They were right. that close. So,
1: you know, we're, we're heading in, right? And, you know, I can't remember that was the second or that might have been the third time we got within the five yard line and didn't score. And it was just You know, it was one of those things you kind of felt like every time you got down there and didn't score, you kind of got this eerie feeling that, boy, this isn't going to end well, right? And, you know, we didn't kick and I don't blame, you know, we we just don't kick, you know, it's Hawking football. We don't kick. Who was
0: kicking that year? Don Kelly?
1: Uh, We had Don Kelly. As a sophomore. We had Chang, but we weren't kicking. You know, I mean, that's you know, it's you know, we probably could have gotten a play. You know, Marsh wasn't going to lend us a soccer player, so you know, we 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 had to we had to go for it. But it wasn't, you know, that that was Hawking football, right? You you went for the two points, and you know, normally we scored on the two points. But you know, I think once they stopped us at the one yard line, um, you know, and and look, as as you get to the red zone, it gets harder, right? And so. Um, you know, hats off to us. Um, you know, they stopped us three times in overtime. Um, that kid Eric Myrick's cut a touchdown from, um, Casario, um, who we, we basically held in check all day. Um, and then, you know, we didn't, um, we didn't convert and they ended up winning. Um, but painful. I mean, 149 yards, we held that offense. When you think about it, Seville Butler, Casario, Anderson, Chris Anderson also played fullback on offense. Alec McClendon at tight end. That was a good U.S. team.
0: So. Yeah, crushing, crushing loss for sure. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I remember everything was such a struggle to gain yards and to convert yeah. first downs in that game. Nothing was. Nothing was easy in that game at all. Nothing for, was easy. But that, you know,
1: that, there was a lot of respect. That was after the game. You know, the, the U.S. guys were were actually very classy. And, you know, they, they knew they got punched in the mouth that day. Um, and, you know, the better team didn't necessarily win that one.
0: For sh- yeah, for sure. So yeah. we're sitting at four and four going into yeah. week nine. Uh, Columbus Academy, a good Columbus Academy, a state ranked top two or three uh, yeah. team comes up to... Our field on Saturday afternoon and I think it's kind of like how how are we going to uh how are we going to show up because uh, that was a tough loss the previous week we're sitting at four and four playoffs are not looking good at all and uh here's a here's a pretty special team that comes up with as you referred earlier a extremely talented quarterback a, uh, a good tailback, a young fullback who ended up at Stanford and Maxwell Stevenson, mm-hmm. uh, just, a, just a good team all around. And that is one of the more memorable games. Um, I, I just, that game was so, you know, we showed up and played the way that your class was capable of playing, Absolutely. which is, which is pretty special when I just referenced that this is a top two or three in the state ranked team that came and we went toe-to-toe with them and I I, th- I find this stat amazing you know 274 to 276 that's total yards um, mm-hmm. just good defenses just matching you know offense yard for yard and so they score first they go up seven and we uh, we run off three in a row on them and go up 21 7 and then they get one late in the fourth but um, some huge defensive plays by Bradley yeah. in, the, in the second half, uh, huge interception inside the red zone. And then a play where ball carry gets stood up and he just rips that ball out, pops it right up above everyone's head and comes down with it. And uh, well, look, was a there, was a lot,
1: there was a lot of character and a lot of leadership on, 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 you know, on my senior year team. And, you know, I said it again, we probably deserve to be nine and one, You know, you're gonna you play that many close games, you're gonna lose, you know, one or two. Uh, But that was definitely a playoff caliber team, and you know, um, and that's painful. And you know, I I think, and we had a lot of contribution from the the underclassmen too. You know, the next year, um, you know, didn't make the mistakes we made, right? And 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 went on a heck of a run. So, um, but you know, our our senior year, we had a heck of a defense. I mean, you know. Even the games we lost, you know, we didn't give up big yardage. It was it was a play or two. It was a J.R. Papish breaking one. It was OTERA. It was it was a player two here and there. Um, but when you look at the overall, we, it was a stingy defense. Stingy defense.
0: Yeah. I mean, anytime you can hold the university and Columbus Academy squads to combined, you know, yeah. well under. Four hundred yards, well under three fifty. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. Um, yeah. Yeah. And as we're going to get into this Week Ten matchup against Berkshire, the defense, with a little help from probably the elements, uh, just did an absolute number on them, holding them under fifty yards total for the game. Um, yeah. Quite the uh, quite the memory to close out your career to play in the snow. Uh, you found you found the end zone again and it was our first score on a five-yard reception what was the play on that one
1: it was just an out it was a just simple out, out. Love yeah it. I mean that game leading up to that game we thought we might have to cancel the game I mean that was a blizzard condition you couldn't see the yard line well the yard lines even though you know we we tried to plow them uh so when I scored we weren't sure I scored right away uh but I mean the the field conditions were you know, about as bad as you can get. That was a very good Berkshire team. Um, and actually, we had something to play for that week. We weren't, even though, you know, we were... Not
0: mathematically before, eliminated yet, yeah.
1: We, we were still potentially, you know, beating Columbus Academy, who was ranked second, you know, was, was huge points. Beating Berkshire um, was going to give us points. Um, you know, we one more win, and we were probably in the playoffs that year. Um, and but that was a good way to finish. Um, our defense stuffed them. Um, I think uh, I think Jeff Milbourne actually caught a, a a tight end pass there. Uh it was, you know, it was tough sledding on both um both sides, but one of the more fun games to play. Um, you know, playing in the snow, um, you know, with your friends in a competitive football game that was actually a great way to end the career. And, you know, it also made for an unbelievable photo op, um, you know, that we have, we have a great picture of the seniors, you know, with all the snow around, um, you know, and I think pretty much all of us have that photo framed uh, somewhere in our house. So, um, you know, it was, it was a great way to end, Um, you know, I try not to dwell on too much of the senior year and, and what went wrong because it was a great experience. You know, I was blessed to, you know, be part of, even though I didn't play too much, you know, two state playoff teams, um, state of Ohio. Um, And back then it was, it was a lot harder to make the playoffs even back then. I think now they've opened it up, um, you know, even more. And the early eighties, it was impossible. Even if you went undefeated, you had to have the right mix of teams. I think only
0: four teams from a, Two from a two from a region. Yeah.
1: It was, you know, it was, it was kind of comical. Um, you know, now it maybe has swung back the other way where it's almost a little bit too easy. I don't know. You can, you know, be the judge of that, but, um, you know, I I wouldn't
0: say too easy yet. Um, this past year because of COVID, they allowed everyone to qualify. Yeah, as everyone's season was going to be shortened. Um, I don't know if they're going to change it going into this upcoming year, but they were talking about changing it from eight to 12. So they're they're getting to the to the point where they're letting more teams in because it's the only sport where you don't automatic qualify. Every other sport in the OHSAA, everyone qualifies, whether you're undefeated or winless. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, you know, so I was blessed. I was blessed to play on. You know, i two playoff teams, play with great people. Um, <clears throat> you know, my, my football, you know, buddies are still, you know, my best friends these days. So even though we don't see each other, you know, we, we talk every day. So, um, you know, we, we argue about, you know, who should be in the Hall of Fame. We argue about, you know, about the Browns and, you know, usual stuff. But um, some great memories there.
0: Let's take a pause for this week's Ask Coach segment. If you'd like to be a part of the Ask Coach segment, visit the I Went Down to the River Instagram account, and there you can submit your questions. This week's question is submitted by Kirk Linterne. Kirk wants to know, why were they called 5%s? Thanks for that uh, question, Kirk. We've had that a long time in the program, and... uh I think it's a, it's a rather simple, straightforward kind of an answer that uh, that I picked up very early in my coaching career. And it refers to the simple fact that uh, whenever you ask a group of people, no matter what that is, to do a certain thing, you will find that uh, – there's always 5% that will like, they procrastinate and they don't get it done or they just don't care to get it done. And so there's always a 5%. And in football, it was obviously directed towards the things that we had to have done to get ready for the game. And, you know, you work on the whole group so that you don't, uh, we always say you don't want to be a member of the 5% club. So pay attention and let's study and let's get ready for the game this weekend. And now back to the interview. All right. So that does the 1992 senior senior campaign. Um, good job uh, walking us through that with some of the highlights and uh, some of the memories from that. Um, yeah. Six and four team that super close to being a couple more W's there in that column. Um, but uh, a good group. We're going to move on. Let's, uh, Sure. Let's, let's get you on a quick fire two-minute drill, okay?
1: I'm ready, I think.
0: I'm glad that you answered. The first one was going to be about the jersey. I did not know it was Carlos Snow. I was definitely in that category that thought it was uh, Rocket Ishmael. Yeah, so. you know,
1: the, the Rocket stuff all came, um, you know, obviously he had an unbelievable year. Your dad used to call me, you know, we used to run sprints at the end of practice, and that was never – you know, I was always exhausted because receiver, you run all practice, right? Yeah. And your dad used to say, you're running like a 57 Studebaker. And, and, I, and I never knew whether that was a compliment or not, but I figured <laughs> it wasn't. And 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 Moses told me that was a slow car with a slow engine. So, um, you know, people picked up on it and they, they you know, they, they started calling me Rocket because I was wearing 25 kind of as, a, as, a, as more of a dig. Um, and it kind of just stuck.
0: I mean, it, it grew because at some point there's a ter- Toronto Argonauts jersey that yes. came about.
1: <laughs> that, that was that was purchased somewhere along the way uh, when I went to Toronto, and uh, so I became a I became an Ismail fan, even though I hate Notre Dame. Um, <laughs> you know, twenty five was just my number. Um, Carlos Snow wore it. Um, you know the quarterback at uh at whatever that Petersburg Springfield,
0: okay. you know,
1: that he wore it. So. Um, you, who I think we played in 86 or I don't know. What
0: 86, yeah. 86. Yeah. '86,
1: um, So that, that was kind of my number and, and it wasn't, it wasn't a number that was widely worn at Hawking, um, you know, prior to me, a few people.
0: No, not many.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. What upper cl- what upperclassmen had the biggest impact on you?
1: Oh, uh, definitely, def- definitely Twyman, you know, and, and certainly in, ter- in terms of football because you know, I got to watch him. You know, every day and 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 watch his kind of craft. Um, and, and you know, he he was, you know, Twy was one of those guys where you, you even when you did, he you didn't think he was working hard, he was working hard. Um, and and I think he was a sneaky hard worker, and he made himself. You know, he was he was blessed as an athlete, but he made himself into a great football player, right? I think uh, I don't know. At one point, he had the most interceptions in Hawkin history. Um, still you know, does, because, yeah.
0: Yeah. One of the, one of the best, uh, free safety center fields. we Yeah. Had. He
1: had, he, he had his senior year was one of the best single seasons I've ever seen somebody put together on both sides of the ball. For Right. Sure. I mean, it, it was a great, so he, he probably had the biggest impact. Certainly.
0: What are you closest to today? Your 40 time, your 800 time or your bench?
1: Oh boy. Um, I don't, I was never a 40 guy. Um, I, 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 you know, um, probably the 800. I did break a... I, I was doing Orange Theory for a while and broke a six-minute mile. <laughs> so that would probably be, you know...
0: Could you diagram a play from your senior year offensive playbook?
1: Oh, absolutely. I could de- definitely do the the bench route. And that bench. was my route. Yeah.
0: Biggest, biggest hit you received?
1: Oh, definitely when I made a tackle, believe it or not. We were playing... Um, it was a scrimmage. We were playing um the kid's <laughs> name was Lorraine Jug- Lorraine, Lorraine
0: Southview. <laughs> we were
1: playing Juggy Franklin. Juggy, was that his name? Yes. He was a tailback, right? And I was playing corner on the JV, and and I and I came up from corner and I stuck him. And everybody was shocked. I mean, I took the guys, but I got the worst of it. He had big thighs, and I was, I was, I was dying.
0: <laughs> You're supposed to be the hammer in that situation, not the nail.
1: Yeah, but that was the <laughs> hardest hit I ever took.
0: So, so your hardest hit you ever took was you, you have one on defense when you tackle Juggy, and then you have one on offense when what, Papish hit you? Well, oh, yeah, Papish did hit me infamous uh, Papish elbow.
1: Yeah, no, yes, that that's exactly. You have a very good memory. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh man, we did not get through a lot, but I, um, I wanted to ask, uh, one more here. Um, what quality makes good fudge? Hmm.
1: I don't know because my, my senior year, we didn't have any girlfriends. So we had, we had very mediocre fudge. Um, so I'm, I'm the wrong person to ask. We, we, we had the worst senior fudge in the history of fudge it was, it was, it was terrible.
0: What, what was so bad? What was the, uh, none the- of us had,
1: none of us had girlfriends. So we were like finding girls, like in the, in the pronto room to like, <laughs> you know, whip up fudge. It was terrible. I mean, it was like, you know, we were basically paying people to make us fudge. I think I, I think I got my fudge. I think I had a fake. I got it at, like Mally's chocolates and you know, um, <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. Terrible.
0: Oh man. That is good. That is good. Uh, Nolan, do me a favor and, uh, Tell us what you're up to these days.
1: Yeah, no. So, you know, career-wise, I am in the hotel business. Um, I own, own hotel properties across the country. Um, that's pretty much what I've been doing since uh, college. I went to the hotel school at Cornell. Um, and the rest of the time, uh, the more important time, you know, I'm, I'm raising my 2 daughters. So I've got a um, a freshman, believe it or not, in high school. I don't know why. That's crazy, right? Um and she's talented in the, in the arts and, um, plays guitar and does theater. And I don't know where she gets it from. You guys have heard my voice. Um, and then, uh, my younger daughter's in sixth grade. Uh, she's an athlete. Um, her best sport is probably lacrosse, um, uh, which is big up here. And she also plays, uh, soccer, um, And so those are, those are her kind of passions. Um, I'm an assistant lacrosse coach on the town team. She also plays club. um, So, um we're kind of we've kind of gotten into lacrosse that's that's kind of the sport up here
0: yeah so two sports that you don't have like a huge background in soccer and lacrosse and now you're getting to know them huh here
1: well soccer i still hate um i absolutely (laughs) i hate the games they're like one nothing games it's like snooze right you know so i never got i never got into soccer i can't watch the olympics and you the world cup and it's like oh, these games are so exciting. It's like, no, it's going to another shootout, like snooze, right? You know, an hour later. So I'm not into that. But lacrosse, um, you know, I kind of got into it at Cornell. Uh, Cornell has a pretty, you know, big pro- uh, program. Um, and, you know, I like the sport, uh, both on the men's and, and women's side. And, you know, I played at Hawkin football, uh, basketball, and I played baseball through my junior year. Um, but I always said, I would have played um, certainly lacrosse had they had it um, at Hawking.
0: So you mentioned Cornell where you went to school um, yeah. and you were a member of the sprint program. Yeah. Talk, to, talk to us a little bit about what sprint football at Cornell and some of the IVs look like. Looks like because I don't think the, a lot of people know many of the specifics about just how legit and how serious it is and what goes into that.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, there, there's now I think there's, I don't know, seven or eight schools that are, are playing now. Um, and there's a weight limit, you got to weigh under 170 pounds. Um, I would say 90% of the kids played pretty high level high school football. Um, it's a game of quickness. Um, you know, Cornell's had a team for a while, um, and I was able to play all four years there. Um, I think there's been a couple James Izanic, my year also played. Um, and then, um,
0: Ben Abramoff,
1: Ben, Ben played, um, offensive line there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's, you know, I, I kind of equated and I've seen a lot of division three football. Um, I would say, you know, it's, it's kind of at that level, certainly at the skill position. Um, you know, the line is a little bit, you know, certainly not a division three line. Cause you have, everyone's kind of small, but it's a game of quickness. Um, there's a lot of skill, a lot of talent, you got a lot of kids that played varsity for a year or two at Cornell or Penn or Princeton, and then they dropped down um, and army and Navy are, who typically are the powerhouses in sprint football. Um, so you get a lot of, you know, pretty quality kids um, coming through the program. But for me, it was just a way to kind of extend, you know, my, my high school career. Um, and I thought I was kind of done after basketball at Hawken and, and, you know, when I got into Cornell, this was kind of an added bonus. Um, so it was fun, you know, certainly traveling around to the different schools, whether it be Penn, Princeton, um, you know, the Naval Academy. I remember my my first game was at uh, Mikey Stadium in Army. Um, and, you know, they've had like four Heisman Trophy winners. Stadium has an unbelievable amount of, of tradition. And, you know, one of the things I was not ready for, I, I was stretching in the... Um, in the, in the pregame warmup and they, they shoot off cannons, um, at the field. And also they shoot off a cannon. I'm like ducking and, 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 and my coach looks at me and he says, to the whole team, I think heck just uh, peed in his pants. And I was like, that was, that was, that was, you know, my freshman year in army. Um, and so, so it was a great experience for me and, and, you know, look, if there's any, any kids looking to get into it from the, from the Hawkin program, I, I highly Highly encourage it.
0: So do you have a good uh, quarterback while you were there to get the ball to you?
1: I did. I, I had a, um, a kid, Tim hedges who played at um, Columbus. Uh, was he from Arlington? He was a three uh, Arlington, upper Arlington. He was a two or three year starter in high school. Um, originally was going to play varsity football at Cornell and um you know, got there and, you know, the quarterbacks were six, three and six, four, and he was five ten. Um, but he could really play. Um, and so I was, I was blessed, um, you know, to, to get the ball from him.
0: How, how much, uh, how much prep and how much scout was there for each opponent? Or was it just like practice and get as, as good as you can at your stuff and then show up and see how it translates against another team?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the scouting was was pretty much similar to, you know, what we did at Hawkin. I mean, we, we practiced every day, and then one day you would have film, you know, watching, um, you know, the other teams. The nice thing about the league was pretty much every year, everybody ran the same offense they ran the year before. Uh, there wasn't a lot of, you know, ingenuity there or new offensive coordinators or, um, you know, <laughs>
0: Well, that's, uh, so, the, the staffs are probably staying put because you're not really uh, jumping to the next sprint level up on the coaching tree.
1: Exactly. So you didn't have, you know, my coach had been there for 30 years. You know, you didn't have a lot of... Um, so, you know, we ran a three wide out set and, you know, uh, and Penn ran, you know, kind of the power eye and Army ran the wishbone. And, you know, so everybody kind of had the same, you know, offense year after year. Um, so it was more about... <coughs> It was less about the gamesmanship and kind of what the other team was doing and more about um, kind of yourself. Um, And a lot of the kids were very dedicated. We had a lot of kids wrestled in high school. It seemed like there was like that transition. I was like the, you know, kind of the unusual basketball player. Um, But but it seemed like there was a lot of path from, you know, kids that wrestled at like, you know, 140 or 150 would then play sprint football in college.
0: Yeah. That's really cool. Um, is going back to, uh, sort of the professional and the personal life? Uh, is there a phrase or a saying from your time within the Hawkin football program that kind of sticks with you and drives you as you go about your day to day?
1: Well, it's, it, you know, it's always, it's the front of the playbook, right? You know, excellence with no regrets. And that, that one, you never, you never forget. Um, I always have, you know, your dad used to talk about the perfume, Right. And you had the perfume board and like, you know, so, you know, if something good happens, I always, you know, try and stay kind of even, even keel and, and, you know, and then, you know, the other, it's, it's not so much a phrase, but like, you know, one of the things that Hawken we always talked about was like, you know, keep the laundry clean, you know, watch the penalties, play Hawken football. And so, you know, I try and do things the right way, you know, in terms of, you know, don't be sloppy, Um, you know, the little things ends up, you know, costing you and, you know, you look at the games that Hawken won over the years, you know, with smaller, smaller teams, right. You know, and you'd win because you took the right angles and because you didn't get stupid penalties, no late hits, no taunting, you know, the little things, you know, are are the difference in football games. Right. And they're also the difference in, in life. So you know, I think a lot of the, it wasn't one or two phrases, um, although your dad certainly had his sayings. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it, it it was more of an an attitude and an approach, right? And, you know, I, I try and, you know, one of the things, um, I played for two very different coaches at Hawking, right? I played for your dad who really didn't yell or swear or you know, that wasn't the way to communicate the message. It was a stern talking. It was a look in the eye. And then I, you know, I, I I played for the late, you know, Tom Crow, um, coach Crow, you know, wonderfully enjoyable, unbelievably colorful, but the way he went about things were not my style. And so, you know, I think you learn kind of from, from kind of both approaches, and, you know, I try and take your your dad's kind of approach to, you know, how, how I handle business.
0: That's fantastic. Um, Nolan, it was everything that I thought it was going to be. Uh, so many good stories spanning so many years. Um and it's just
1: crazy for me. I mean, I, you know, I remember when you were young, I remember when Jeff was just born, right? You know, the whole thing is we're getting old. Uh, the great thing is we, you know, we have these memories and, you know, it's hard to remember. I can't remember 81 versus 80, you know, five, and, you know, all these years. Um, but it, the, the whole program was fantastic. The, the, the people that came through it and, you know, look, I'm proud of what you guys are doing now. You know, you're rebuilding the program. It takes time. Right. And, you know, um, and, and, and it takes a commitment from the whole Hawkin community, right. It's not, you can be as good a coach as you want, But, you know, you need players, you need the right kids. Um, And, you know, this isn't, you know, you know, France at, at, at Manchester, one of the things that impresses me about his 400 wins is he never had a losing season, right? You can't do that at a private school because you don't, you don't control admissions. You don't control, you know, kind of the the youth programs leading up into the high school. Um, And so your feeder, um and so you know i think we're doing it the right way um i think you know um from my understanding is we have some talent you know in the program and it's young and the key is to get the numbers up right you know and and that's tough you know football sadly i think you know across the country has become a little bit like oh people are getting concussions and you know i don't know i i got more injured playing high school basketball honestly than i did you know playing football and I just think the, the positives so far outweigh the negatives that, you know, I hope you guys keep building it right. And, you know, the alumni are behind you and, 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 you know, I, the playoffs aren't far away.
0: For sure. This guy's coming all the way from New York and he's, he's got, uh, he's got his, uh, he's got his check on the playoffs.
1: You make the playoffs all come. not, not a playoffs, a COVID playoffs where everyone makes (laughs) the playoffs. You guys make the playoffs. I'm coming in, especially, you know, your Chagrin Falls. Somebody I want to, you know, somebody I want to beat, right? Um,
0: there you go. Book it. So playoffs in uh, in 2021 and we will have class of 93 alum Nolan Hecht in our presence. And
1: 2030, 20, 20, we got US back on the schedule. We're all coming in. That's going to be the, the good old days. Get WRA. We'll, yeah. we'll 28 year olds. We'll take them on. <laughs> I'm ready.
0: If you listened uh, to this podcast, I know, like me, you just learned quite a bit of new stories, new uh, angles on previously known stories. And that was only going to happen on this trip down to the river with Nolan Heck. Nolan. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks, Dan. My pleasure.
0: Thanks for spending time with us today. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend and spread the word. And until the next episode, like my dad always says, good night, Irene.